And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Culture is the culture. It's four to six A to B, competitive excellence, and the brotherhood. The plan to win uh, has never changed. So the culture here and the plan to win is always going to be here at Ohio State. Welcome back to 4 to 6 with A&B, your Ohio State podcast brought to you by The Athletic. This is Bill Landis, joined by Ari Wasserman. Ari, you got anything going on? You're not even going to say I'm your best friend today, or what? You're my best friend in the whole wide world. I love you. I couldn't love, couldn't love you any more than I do. Okay, yeah. Just, it's important today, uh, of all days. Uh, yeah, nothing much. Just was looking at the... I don't know if... I, we don't have video, but if you ever see me on other podcasts, when there is a video feature on the podcast, I was just looking at these pictures behind me, um, and I have six pictures framed in symmetrical fashion that my wife did. And there were pictures that I took in press boxes during the Ohio State road trips I went on. And we've got Michigan Stadium, the national title game, the Rose Bowl, all those things. And you were with me at all those places. Yeah, those are nice nice times, really nice memories. Yeah. I'll cherish them forever. Yeah, it's just like funny. Every time I walk into my office, it's like there's a portrait of, of stadiums that just remind me of you. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry that your office is set up that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't really think it through, but, you know. Well, maybe you can rearrange it. Yeah. Um, now that uh, this is our our last podcast together for a while, at least, well, who knows what the future holds? But uh, mm-hmm. I am uh, leaving the athletic <laughs> at the end of this week, and so his best friend, is, yeah, and and my best friend in the whole world to go who, to who, go who, find who, new by best the friends. Way, who, by the way, left me in Columbus, you know, two years ago. So, yeah, you know, and, yeah. I mean, and but my still, opportunities to eat pizza and play video games yeah. greatly diminish after that happened. Turn it on me; it's my fault. Um, <laughs> 
So, yeah, we're going to do an Ohio State football show. We're going to talk about football stuff. Um, but it's important for everybody who has listened and has helped build this podcast into what it was that, unfortunately, this is the last episode of 4 to 6 with A and B. And I am personally devastated by it. But at the same time, new opportunities and new chances for Landis to flash uh, those beautiful wings out over the wings of Columbus, <laughs> which I also think is an actual wing restaurant. Um there is. It's it's near my house. Actually. Wings over Columbus is Bill's career path. Um, but <laughs> yeah, man, uh, why don't you just go ahead and share to people like what you're able to share right now, and um, yeah. then we'll get into the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll I, I guess I'll say likewise. You know, I'm I'm pretty I'm 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 sad about this as well. I'm excited and it's bittersweet because I love doing this show with you. I love working with you. Um, I love working at the Athletic as well. Um, but I was offered a new opportunity. I'm going to still be covering Ohio State. Like I'll still be around. Um, I'll kind of leave it at that for now because I want to be respectful of, of the athletic and, you know, I'm still an employee. I'm, I'm on their airwaves at the moment. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that for now and say that I'll still be covering Ohio state. And if you care to know more about it, you'll know more about it, uh, in the near future. Um, but yeah, this is, this is the last episode you and I will be doing together. And it's, uh, uh, it, it is, it's a bummer, but also like, I, I am simultaneously feeling like very appreciative of what we did with this show. Like I, I really enjoy getting on here and talking with you multiple times per week. And I really enjoy the audience that we built too. like, like super supportive, like very engaged, like gave us great feedback all the time. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was fun. I had a, I had a blast doing the show with, with you and with everybody who listened. And it's no small feat that. to create a podcast. And I think that the podcast that we built and the amount of people that have consistently listened to the show week over week, and have engaged with us and have, you know, shared in the funny times and the food conversations and all the stuff that we do, which is constant grab ass, that, like, it's a testament to the Ohio State football community and the passionate fans that they have that we were able to do this. And without you guys, uh, we weren't able to get this far. So, um, you know, definitely kind of a sad day for me um, because whenever you work hard to build something and, and, you know, take part in that with somebody that you like as much as you do. And, you know, I always joke, like, your best friend in the entire world, like, you legitimately are one of my best friends. So, like, I wish you the best uh, where you're going, and uh, I know that you'll be a star wherever you go, and, you know, always have been, and, you know, it's just, you know, life changes, you know? Yeah, I mean, to be clear, you and I will still talk probably every day. It just won't be through, micro- <laughs> yes. it won't be through microphones on Zoom. Yes. Um, uh, well, we can still set it up, too, if you want, yeah, that no. way. Just, we can just, just record, record it. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's been it's been a pleasure, and I know that you guys are going to hear this, and you know I'm sure some of you have put together that Landis is going, but if you haven't, it's probably just going to you know sucker punch you. And if you are that way, feel free to reach out and you know wish you know anything that you have to say. We, we'd love to hear it. And the good news for for you is if you are one of the rare people who likes my part in this role uh, on this podcast, is that I will continue to be doing very many podcasts at the Athletic, um, joining the Andy Staples Show on a more full time basis. Um, also doing Stars Matter with Mitch Light, the recruiting podcast in which we will talk about Ohio State quite frequently, given the fact that they are one of the most important and uh, you know influential recruiting outfits in the country. So, um, and who knows, maybe I'll make a guest appearance on a mythical future podcast if one exists. So, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, yeah. I, I hope that uh, it all goes well. And, and honestly, from the bottom of my heart, before we get into the show, um, and we have to come up with some sort of food segment before we get out of here too, just for old time's <laughs> sake, but. We will get into football now, and we'll give you our best shot for one last one last go around, and you know, hopefully, we'll you know leave you with some fond memories. Yeah, I guess one thing I will, I'll add before we 
kind of get into a couple topics we want to discuss. Uh, the Athletic is still going to cover Ohio State, so it won't be me, but they are definitely replacing me. So if you like reading you know, your Ohio State coverage at The Athletic, um, you'll still very much be able to do that. I cannot speak for the future of, of podcasting as it pertains to Ohio State at The Athletic, but I know that they will be replacing me. Um, I'm just going to just drop in on some like random hot take columns more often now that I know that the beat writer won't be mad at me yeah. for it. Uh, you got to find someone whose name begins with B, too, so you can just keep this going. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> You know, they can keep the name, they can keep the team, but this podcast is me and you. So I don't know That's if right. there's uh, – not that I won't like the new person that comes in, but the special nature of this podcast is based on relationships and knowing each other and the experiences that we share together, and you can't duplicate that. So I don't know if we're going to try to do that. But, you know, right. we'll, we'll see what the athletic decides for this feed and the show. And, and, you know, I'm very certain that you will continue to get your coverage – uh, that you need, uh, if you need it from your main man, Dalla B, because he's still going to be in Ohio. So, I am not going anywhere. That is correct. All right, let's get into a couple of things. Uh, I am uh, still in Indianapolis, uh, finishing up uh, Big Ten Media Days. We're on Tuesday, Wednesday. Ohio State talked on Wednesday. Um, there's a there's a thing Ryan Day said a couple times actually that I want to talk about a little later, but I I do feel like Ari maybe kind of in the, in the spirit of the theme that we've kind of developed here over the last couple months, uh, there's some stuff going on with Ohio state recruiting. Uh, and it's not great. Um, Caleb Downs committed to Alabama on Wednesday. The guy who has been like the top target on Ohio state's board, like forever in 2023 committed to Alabama. And that follows up, you know, Tackett Curtis committing the USC, Troy Bowles committing the Georgia. There are rumors of Dijon Johnson possibly looking around and maybe being on the verge of a flip. Um, Jaden Bonsu, who's a top target or was 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 once a top target, is trending to Miami. John Walker, defensive tackle, who was uh, a pretty big priority, is trending toward UCF. And this defensive class that we thought had a shot at being pretty solid, and I, and I suppose it still does. It's 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 July. Um, it's it's shaping up to I think be be drastically different than I think people's sort of best hopes were, and it feels like a bit of an issue. <laughs> or he's tilting his head and cocking his eyebrow. Uh, you know what I think is the most interesting thing about this is, and I think it'd be a good story. Um, at some point, and I'm done giving you story ideas now because yeah, lay it on me. Let me bring them down. <laughs> uh, but like, how do you reformulate your board in the middle of a cycle? Yeah, you know, and it's just like it's not so much like will Ohio State land the 137th best player instead of the number 12th best player? I'm sure they'll find um, new targets to go after, and I'm sure they'll salvage something out of this. It's not like they're going to go sign a Virginia Tech class now. Um, but the thing that is most irritating, I think, if you're an Ohio State fan, is the fact that they needed to do it on that side of the ball more. And they have kind of just been tripped up at every turn in the last few weeks on all their major targets. And targets that when we spoke about their pot, uh, their recruiting class on a podcast a few weeks ago were all but in. You know, I think we were assuming that Caleb Downs was going to come and Tackett Curtis was leaning towards Ohio State. You know, and you know, I saw that John Walker now is, is a UCF lean. Um, you know, and it's just like, where do you go from here? If you want to sign a class that can compete for the recruiting crown, like how do you kind of – turn up the heat a little bit so i'm very curious and i'm going to be in uh in nashville next week with uh, the athletic team to to the player personnel symposium and i'm going to say hello to mark bantoni i don't know if there's interviews there or how that works but i'd love to have like a, a 10 minute conversation with him about that if he would be able to do that you know just of like what 
when you're at a crossroads? Like, how do you? Because I don't. I honestly can't remember a time in which Ohio State was in a similar position, where four or five yeah. of their top targets all at the same time left somewhere else in July when half the top 100 is already committed. Yeah, I can't recall that either. Um, that would be an interesting conversation to have with Mark, but also just in general with all the personal people there. Like, what do you do when you reach this point? Because, you know, class, I think classes often reach this point. Just just this feels like a lot piling up on Ohio State at one time. And it's kind of interesting because it came sort of on the heels of them landing Jason Moore, who will be, I think when that commitment happened, we said, like, this is probably their best recruiting job of the cycle. And it's a top 60 defensive lineman. Like, it's a really good get for them. But then there's just not – there's not been any momentum – since then, in fact, there's there's been the opposite of that, and you know I'm not I'm not floored that Caleb Downs picked Alabama, nor am I floored by Troy Bowles picking Georgia. I was pretty shocked that Tacker Curtis picked USC. Um, I'm a little surprised about the D. John Johnson flip rumors. Um, John Walker is kind of weird because it's just odd to see like UCF and maybe beat Ohio State is not the right word. I just think he's from that area and he wants to stay closer to home. Um, but it is it is not not great that all these things are stacking up at at once. And I wonder, I, I guess I want your perspective on this because I, I have my own too. Like, do you because you've you know you've expressed concerns before about the changing landscape of things. Do you view this more as that, or do you view it more as Ohio State has been so unstable on that side of the ball for the last five years, and no one knows what their defense is going to look like moving forward? with another new coordinator that there's just not a whole lot for defensive prospects to buy into right now other than like this is Ohio State. So I don't want to make the same mistake that I've already made in the past. So like and I know people got very aggravated with me whenever I shared my thoughts that this class could slip. And like if you look at it right now, they're still number, the number one class. <laughs> still the number one overall class, sure, but they've got six spots to, to fill. Least, and I yeah. don't know what those six spots are going to look like. And there are a lot of teams behind them alabama georgia um texas you know i I don't know if they're going to fall out of the top five but um you um are looking at a a class that i think has kind of fit that category so far in what i thought could happen so this isn't an i told you so i'm not going to say that ohio state's class stinks or that it's going to finish number eight like i i might have made people feel months ago but i do think that there are a lot of uh um lot of different things that you know could happen in, in a result of all this which is new coaches unstable defensive results on the field the last few years um you know different landscape in the co- in the country like all these different things when they accumulate are um you know kind of a, a a recipe for disaster for ohio state standards anyway so you know to me it's like the ohio state's one of the best recruiting outfits in the country like i said uh, Mark Pantoni has been a founding father of modern-day recruiting. Ryan Day has proven that he's been able to recruit himself out of jams. And I'm very curious, like to me, more so than dwelling on what happened in the past, the the ability for Ohio State to take what's going on right now and switch it and make people laugh at the end of the cycle saying, oh, you were worried for no reason. Because, like, th- is that still on the table for you, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't I, – I, I, the door's not closed on any of these players. So, and like Ryan Day kind of made that point. I, I tried to ask Ryan Day about this as as much as I can because he can't talk about specifics when he was at the podium at Media Day. And like he made the point that like it, while we cover recruiting like day to day all year, it, it is still technically I guess like kind of early to start worrying about things. And if Ohio State's defense is awesome this year, 
which we'll talk about in a little bit. I, I think that will help them, but there are there are a lot of things kind of stacked up against them, as, as as you mentioned. And Ryan Day said something to the effect of like, "Well, we're not, you know, we're not just selling the scheme; we're selling the the development." And like, like I think that's true. Like you can sell the development mm-hmm. from Larry Johnson, but you're also battling like Larry Johnson could retire at the end of this year, and you can say like Tim Walton coached Jalen Ramsey, like that's awesome, but. Does anyone think Tim Walton made Jalen Ramsey who he is? I, I I think players are smarter than that. So like you can't just kind of like you can't bank on that stuff. Like Perry Liano has a really good track record, and and did awesome work with the Cincinnati DBs last year. And and from everything that I've heard, he's like a dynamite recruiter. But I think I think you need more than that on that side of the ball. I think I think they're lacking a little bit of a an ass kicker, for lack of a better word, on, on defensive recruiting. I think maybe I think maybe they have one in Perry. Um, and a guy in Larry who's who's maybe like reputation precedes him, and that certainly helps too. But then outside of that, they go, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how Tim Walton is as a recruiter, um, and and Jim Knowles' reputation is is that of of a schemer much more than it is a, a recruiter. And and the one guy that he was seemingly all in on in this cycle just committed to USC. So um, I, I think they need more on that side of the ball. Like they can't just sort of rest on we're Ohio State, come to Ohio State, get developed here. Like they're not really doing like that I, I know that they have a really strong record in the not too distant past of developing high caliber defensive players but it's slipped off a little bit in my opinion and the defense has been bad like bad not like just like so so but bad three of the last four years historically bad by program standards and there's been tr- like insane amount of coaching turnover so they need to they need to be able to project stability which they can't at the moment um, they need to be able to sell development which I think you know is something that's going to take a, a year or two for them to like truly be able to sell with this new coaching staff. And the defense has to be good. No one wants to complain a bad defense, especially when you're going up against Georgia and Alabama, which have great defenses every year. It's like their calling card. It's what their program is built on. So like, there's a reason that Ohio State has much more success recruiting offensive players because that's what Ohio State's program is built on. But like, you can't have a dog shit defense and try to win a national championship. So they have, and and I will say, the last two cycles. Not excluding this one, twenty one and twenty two. I thought they did a really good job defensive recruiting, um, and 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 needed to do so because before that, the first, the couple classes before that, it was bad. They didn't they didn't really get any difference makers in like nine, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Um, and I think they have guys who will be difference makers in twenty one and twenty two, but now twenty three is like trending to look more like those those previous classes where there just wasn't enough firepower, and like that's that's not. I can't control myself. Are you saying in a nicer way what I said two months ago? No, because I think okay. what you're I mean, cuz that's I, what I hear. I, no, I think I th- I mean the end result might be the same, but I don't but the reasoning is not the same. You don't think the reasoning would be the same if it turned out that way? No, because like new I, coaching I and all losing, those circumstances that they have are all part of the umbrella that you just said. Yeah, but I don't think they're I don't think they're losing defensive recruits because like Mario Cristobal's at Miami and Billy Napier's at Florida and Lincoln Riley's at USC. I think they're not winning defensive battles because their defense stinks. Well, I think that it's all part of the the umbrella. That's one branch of it. I mean, new coaches are a result of the defense stinking, you know. And I, I don't want to like bring that all back up, like the rise of the Phoenix of Artie's take that everybody's been dragging him over the coals for for the last two months, every single time they get a commitment. But it's just like getting the number one overall class in the country is a really hard thing to do. And beating Alabama and Georgia with the way that they're doing it is a really hard thing to do. And when you have other coaches who are in the mix, maybe the Ohio State misses out on one or two more guys, but those other coaches are also signing really good classes. 
Like it's like 100% within the realm of possibility that Ohio State's class could finish behind Miami's this year. Like if you're paying any attention whatsoever of like what yeah, they're putting possible. together there. It's so possible. like yeah, if they finish sure. five to seven, which is the range that I've said since the beginning, like it's all kind of coming to fruition a little bit. So like I don't think it like I don't want to sit here and say like that's my prediction right now. But like Ohio State's in a position right now where they need to respond to this in a very good way because if it just kind of just like peters out till the end, they might finish five, six, or seven which is a really bad class for Ohio State standards. Now, rankings and whatever, like, their average player rating is insanely good. So, like, I'm not saying, like, it's a bad class. Don't I'm not saying – and when I said it was a Penn State class three months ago, it was because at the time it was a Penn State class. And if you look at the two highest-rated commitments in their class right now, they're both wide receivers, a position of which they need the least. So, like, we have to, like, put it into context here and and really kind of dive into, like, what this is going to mean long term. So – you know, I, like you said, I think Ohio State needs a killer linebacker. They need a killer defensive back, and they need, like, it's like, if you go look at the stat, I think I saw, like, Alabama lost their entire secondary last year, including Jordan Battle, and has, like, four or five-star defensive backs in their class this year. It's like, need addressed. Boom. It's just like that. It's just like, if you're trying to figure out why Ohio State's lagging behind these other programs, it's because there are certain, like, weird trends in the in the current of the water during times of which that are very critical that they don't address the way that Alabama does in, th- in the times of need. And I think that's fair, you know, and it's just like being overly critical and I'm maybe cutting hot for the last pod here. But like it's <laughs> it's like as you compare Ohio State in the same spectrum of the teams that are, are actually truly elite right now, there is a stark difference between what you see out of Alabama and what do you see out of Ohio State. And even though Ohio State is a very good recruiting program, they've done it very well. Like one of the top three in the question in the country, no question. But like there does seem to be an extra gear that's missing, and as I like cover recruiting nationally every week, and I see what Alabama and Georgia are doing, like Ohio State's class is really good, but it's not as balanced and it's not as as uh, you know thorough in terms of what is actually at need here as the others' classes are in terms of how they are addressing losses and needs on their class. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's fair, but but I also I also too want to be. I suppose I, I want to be fair to Ohio State. It's like you you lost a five star safety from Georgia to Alabama, and you lost a four star linebacker from Georgia, from Florida to Georgia. Like that happens. I, I think I think if these kids were going to the Miamis and Floridas and the Oregons and like the, the kind of programs that we thought were really going to shake stuff up, I'd feel differently. It's like but the kids that what, could be the secondary prospects that Ohio State gets involved with are. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I, I do think that's right. I think that's right. Um, a lot, like a lot of those kids that maybe they they pivot to now are kind of off the board already. Um, and they could flip, that, like this is college yeah, football they, recruiting. They can go down, yeah, like for and, sure. and take a kid from Mario Cristobal, yeah, think, not, or, or Florida or whatever, or you know, because USC's got their own issues too. Like every program's got their issues, but I think we need to see more. Alabama lost a five star safety to Ohio State on the board than we do. You know, I think it's kind of the other way. Like, how many commitments can you say? over a four-year period well they lost to georgia it's like that's certainly a rational excuse but if it happens too much then you have to acknowledge that they're a step behind oh yeah and, yeah and, and i think they they are like they're they are multiple steps ahead of 98 percent of the sport right but i think they are yeah i think they operate a step behind alabama and georgia i think that's fair i don't like who i don't know how you'd even disagree with that yeah um but yeah and i don't know I don't know that you have to, you, you have to keep pace. I don't know that you have to like outright beat them every year to eventually beat them on the field. I think you know, I think it's a little more nuanced than that, but also too um, like if you finish second with two or three more less top 100 players every year, like the classes are very similar, 
But over the accumulation phase of a four-year period, that's a pretty significant difference, which I think we found out quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. So it's like if you want to win a national championship, like finishing second and third when Alabama's first every year, um, and, uh, you know, it's it's one thing for, you know, a, a given year, but then when Alabama's also owning the transfer portal and just bringing in Jameer Gibbs and Jamison Williams, it's right. like their teams, when they meet, are actually far more physically advanced, which is something that Ohio State doesn't run into very often. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that Ohio State's probably going to finish ahead of Texas. Um, their average player rating is two points higher. Um, but, like, Notre Dame's a legitimate threat this year. You know, their their class, I think, stacks up quite well to Ohio State's. Um, Alabama's probably going to finish ahead of Ohio State. I think Ohio State is going to come down to a, a neck-and-neck, uh, you know, race with Clemson, who has a 92.40 average player rating. Like, what's Miami going to end up with? These teams all have, you know, two, three, four, five less commitments than them, too. So, like, that's also part of the rankings because Ohio State's number one right now, and, you know, Alabama has four less commitments than them. So, like, what, whose class is better? You know what I mean? Like, so it's all context. And, like, I'm very curious to see, like, do you think it's within the realm of possibility that they'll finish six? I think I'd be pretty surprised by that, I, I, unless they take a smaller class. Um but I think I'd be I think I'd still be pretty surprised if they end up outside the top five. And and as we've said multiple times, I'm just like way more concerned with the average player rating than I am where they finish in total points. Um and, and their average player rating is like is is really good. It's excellent. Um and if it stays in that general area, I I, th- I think they're they're okay. Because that's the thing, like like we've talked about before, that the floor on this class seems pretty high. Um and it let's I guess give them the benefit of the doubt for the moment and say they keep all the defensive prospects they currently have committed. There's five of them who are ranked in the top 200. There's two in the top 100, and like Jermaine Matthews is a riser. He's he's in the top 200 now, like or, or he's like 223 approaching the top 200 now. Like they have some really good prospects in this class, like guys that, that I truly like. And I don't just say that because I cover Ohio State and they picked Ohio State. Like I think I think they the guys they have gotten are are, are pretty good. Um, there's just positional needs that have yet to be addressed. Linebacker probably being chief among them. And Which one of these losses do you think is the most go. significant? I mean, obviously, it's um, probably Caleb Downs, right? But yeah, I was Troy Bowles a really big kick in the nuts. Um, no, I think I think Curtis probably was more because they just always seemed better positioned for him. I think I think Ohio State felt pretty good about its chances with Troy Bowles, better than maybe the outside was giving them credit for. But I had never thought that Troy Bowles was a slam dunk to Ohio State. I just thought like the door was open, maybe if they, and maybe they could get him. But that that was less surprising to me than Curtis because I always thought Curtis was going to go to either Ohio State or Wisconsin. Um, and I, I, I guess he's technically going to a Big Ten team now. Um, so maybe that you know changed the calculus for him a little bit when USC joined the Big Ten because he'll play one season at USC and then he'll be a Big Ten linebacker the next year. So, um, But even that, that – because there just been, seemed to be so much time invested in him and Jim Knowles seemed to have such a strong connection there. Like To see them lose that was a little startling to me. Now, I don't know – it feels like a major loss now. We'll see how good of a player Tacker Curtis becomes. But I, th- I, th- I think you can make the claim that the the statement that that is the toughest loss at the moment. For as good as Caleb Downs is, and he's awesome. And if they would have gotten him, I would have labeled it like their biggest recruiting win maybe since Von Bell. Um, because of the position Curtis plays, I, th- I think I don't know. Maybe that's overvaluing a linebacker, but I feel like that one stings a little more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So if you had to reassemble an Ohio State board now, like who do you think is Mateo Uyunglele number one without question? Uh, like who who do you think is the most um, important player that's left on their board? Because like I'm looking at their targets on two four seven right now, and the highest rated player and the secondary that they're even involved with right now is Jordan Bonsu uh, out of New Jersey, who's two fifty nine. Like is he their number one recruit? No, under- he's gonna go. He's gonna go to Miami. So. Um, Mateo probably Mateo Uyangalele from Bosco in California five star defensive end um, Arvell Reese from Glenville Arvell Reese like yeah Ar- and, and I know Arvell Reese is not ranked all that highly um, he's a he's a freak athlete like I don't if I this will gonna sound like a homer but like if you put Tacka Curtis and Arvell Reese side by side and say which player do you like more uh, you can like reasonably land on Arvell Reese because he's that good of an athlete yeah. I think Tacka Curtis is like more of a polished linebacker at the moment but Arvell Reese might have higher upside who would you uh, rather have if you were assembling the team um I guess I'd rather have Curtis I don't know that's like being a slave to the rankings I think more than anything um I don't know. It's a it's a good question. I, I I always thought they were going to get both, so like I never really thought about which one I I think Ohio State should have more. Um, but I like Arvell Reese quite a bit. Like he's he looks like a legitimate dude. Um, Desmond Umio Zulu, and I think I'm saying that right, is another defensive end from Maryland who they're in a good spot with. So Mateo and Desmond, like that's two two pass rushers, and I think there's a, there's a need for that in this class. But yeah, outside of that, like I don't know. Those two are Valerie. So like, no, none of the like, linebackers are secondary though. Like like we don't even know who's on their board. Well, I don't know. The thing the thing with the secondary is I'm not sure they need another one. They have six in this class. Maybe you want another safety, but I don't I don't think it's a necessity. Um, unless you feel like you can get in with a guy who's just like an absolute dog and you want him in your class. I don't I don't know mm-hmm. if it's a if it's a glaring need as much as it was like I don't care what the need is. Caleb Downs is awesome. We're going to go after him. So I don't. They. I think they could just maybe stand pat in the secondary, unless they lose Dijon Johnson too. Then, then they. I think they probably have. To Which I've, I've heard there's some smoke there, huh? Yeah, Florida. Um, apparently. So, um, but they need line. They need. I think they probably need two linebackers. So it's like Arvell Reese and someone else. And like even Arvell Reese, like might be more of a defensive lineman. Like I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, he's got some positional versatility depending on how you're going to go up to Cleveland and write about the uh, the rebuild of the pipeline now or what. Yeah, I've been like, yeah, I've I've had it like on my list of things to do since like the spring, and I never went up and did it. Um, oh. I don't know, I don't know what the deal. Like, I'm trying to think of guys who like were once mentioned with them. Uh, Jaden Osbury, linebacker from Baton Rouge, number 105 player in the country. I don't know, like maybe they try to get back in with him. Um, Derek LeBlanc, who's like a teammate of John Walker's <clears throat> at Osceola High School in Florida. Maybe uh, J- Darian Gillette, a li- uh, an edge, I think, like an edge kind of slash linebacker from Texas who took an official visit to Ohio State. 
Um, maybe he's one. Uh, Jalen Thompson from Cast Tech, who I think we talked about a couple months ago. He got offered at a camp again, and maybe like a linebacker edge kind of player. Um, I think he's he's someone they could pivot to. Um, but yeah, I don't I, I don't know. Those are those are kind of the the ones off the top of the head. Um, but I'm sure you know as senior tape comes in, I, I think there'll be more guys added to that list. And I also don't think like I don't I wouldn't give Ohio State much of a chance of flipping Caleb Downs from Alabama. But I don't know. Maybe there's a chance for them to flip Tacka Curtis. Um, maybe if John Walker does go to UCF, there's still a, a door open there for him, for them to flip him. So I, I don't think the door is totally closed with all these guys. But I think by and large, they they probably do quite a bit of pivoting now. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is interesting. The crossroads of it to me, I think, is fascinating to watch. Yeah. And like as you see offers go out, or you know, crystal ball starting to change. I'm very curious to see how it's all going to pan out. But you know, that was kind of a pretty critical. And I mean this like in in terms of uh, criticism uh, of Ohio State right now in terms of just you know where they are in, in the race to be the best, but um, they just you know. can't slip in defensive recruiting. Like I, I don't like you can't you can't just say like look how good our our recruiting class is when it's like heavily skewed to the offense. And and as I said, like the last two years, they did a much better job of that. But this year, it's kind of slipping, reverting back to what it was like in, in 2020, especially. But like you just, you just can't. If it happens once, like if this is a blip because of coaching changes and questions about the future of the defense, um, I don't know if that makes it any harder to swallow right now. But it might in the, in the long run. But you just get, like you can't. They can't stack classes like this. You have to have balance within your classes, and they're they're on the precipice of losing that a little bit with this class. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm with you on that 100%, but I'll always be with you. Thanks, buddy. I'll always be with you, too. All right, let's talk about one more thing because it (laughs) pertains to this, I think. Um, Ryan Day said multiple times at Big Ten Media Days that he expects Ohio State to have a top 10 defense. Mm -hmm. Uh, How realistic do you think that – like long term, like of course they can have it, but like how realistic is that this coming year in your mind? When's the last time they had a top ten defense? Was it two years ago? Twenty nineteen. Yeah, it's very it's very strange. That like twenty twenty one they stunk. Twenty twenty they stunk. Twenty eighteen they stunk. Twenty nineteen it was like the best defense I've ever had. Well, it's like so, their best team they've ever had too. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I think that it's possible. You want to know why? Ohio State gave up a bunch of yards to garbage teams last year. So if Ohio State can just beat the shit out of the bad teams and be respectable against the good teams, that's usually the equation that gets you into the top 10. You know, it's not like those big, you know, 85-yard chunk bullshit plays to Maryland that, like, are like, how did that happen when they should be scoring 10 points at most on your team, you know? And it's like a lot of that stuff happens in the beginning of the season or, you know, know, doing so, uh, you know, as you get some younger guys in there. Like, the numbers can be skewed a little bit. But I do think that the way I would put it is that there have been seasons where Ohio State just rocks shit on defense from the beginning of the year from start to finish, and there are years where Ohio State has real-life, unquestionable issues that they have to address through the year and improve on from game to game. So if Ohio State can create a solid defense, and Jim Knowles is getting paid a lot of money to do this, that comes out and doesn't have an overt weakness that another team can attack repeatedly, that they have to workshop throughout the year, then I think that's a possible scenario especially considering the fact that i don't believe that their schedule seems to be overly 
overly difficult this year. Any more difficult than it has been in the past. And, like, when Ohio State's defense have been good, Maryland doesn't score 48 points on them. You know what I mean? It's, like, stupid shit like that that I think that... And, like, the bar of, of beating the crap out of those teams shouldn't be that high at Ohio State. So, you know, to me, it's just, like, how realistic is that? I mean, how realistic is that Ohio State can win a national championship? Well... If JT Tui Malowau and Jack Sawyer come out and are the two best defensive ends in the Big Ten, then it's super realistic. So, like, I think it's kind of a hard thing to answer without actually getting our eyes on some of the play. Like, you know, yeah. are, are, are there defensive players that they're relying on that were young last year but highly rated recruits that have shown flashes going to be awesome? And, like, we have seen in the past at Ohio State, the year that they won the national championship in our first game ever covering together. Hmm. Huh. Oh, Craig, um, <laughs> the, the you know that what I'm talking about. Oh, Craig. No, what is that from? Um, it's uh, the well, I just got a sex sent out of rehab, and there was only one person there to come visit me and help me. It was Craig. Oh, Craig. It's one of those stupid Will Ferrell movies. I can't remember which one it is. Um, somebody who's listening to the show, please tweet at me and remind me of which one it is. I think it's. Uh, it's either Wedding Crashers or Old School or one of those movies. Um, <laughs> but Darren Lee went from developmental recruit to certified pick six, rock shit, beat the crap out of you in week one. You know what I mean? And then as that season progressed, those young players flourished in front of our eyes and they became one of the best defenses in Ohio State history and won a national championship. I think that's certainly on the page right now. But like when you hear quotes like that at Big Ten Media Day, it's like, what the hell else is he supposed to say? You know what I mean? Like last year wasn't a very good team for Ohio State standards. He acknowledged that. Now they have a goal to to work towards, and they hired a coach and paid him a ton of money in order to do so. And I don't think that whenever you have the talent that Ohio State is working with, um, that being a top 10 defense in the country is such an odd thing to say. But I think that it's entirely dependent on whether or not the players actually turn into who they're supposed to be rather than the coaching and the scheme. Do you agree with that? Like, Or do you think that like scheme is, is paramount here? Um. Well, I think scheme is paramount to get Ohio State out of its rut, but I I also believe that if if they want to be, you know, top ten ish more consistently, it's it's more about the the players than it is the the scheme itself. Although I mean I don't know, Jim Knowles built a top ten top five defense out of guys who like would probably not play very much at Ohio State. So um, maybe maybe it's more scheme dependent than I'm giving yeah, Jim Knowles credit that for. Conference they would have done the same thing. I mean it's just like numbers. I just hate stats. I just hate them. Of stats are made up offhand. It's true, though. It's just like stats are, are just, you know, you can manipulate them any way you want, but, you know, they are all context to all different types of stats. Yeah, it's I just mean, like, it was a good defense. I'm not saying were... it wasn't a good defense. I'm just saying, like, in a different conference, would it have been a top five defense? I, I doubt that. Well, I don't, and that's why, like, I don't, like, top ten is, like, sort of nebulous to me. Like, I, I don't, top, top ten in what? Like, total defense? Like, the total defense. What do you think is the most important stat? Total yards given up or total points given up? I mean, points. Can you, can you stop the other team from scoring? Whatever that looks like. I don't care what it looks like. Can you yeah. keep them out of the end zone? Yeah. And that's like um, – but also, too, like – But that's – you, Yeah, it's just like ahead. that – you can keep Purdue out of the end zone. If they have uh, 510 yeah, I mean, yards of offense like, and score 17 averages. points, you know, like, that's great. Yeah, but when not, you play Alabama, it's going to be a, it's gonna be a shit show. And, like, whenever I think about Ohio State, I always think about what's this mean for when they play Bama? And, like, I don't know if that annoys people, but that's the only thing that I consider whenever we talk about this team. No, I think that's right because you can say okay. that, like, 
Ryan Day's like, we have a top 10 offense all the time. Why can't we have a top 10 defense all the time? It's like, true, you have a top 10 offense all the time, but in a lot of your biggest games, your offense hasn't played that well. So, like, I, that, that only means so much. Um, and I think that's – I think that's – I think you want to be able to say we are among the best offensive and defensive teams every year, whatever that looks like. I, I think that's that's probably where you can leave it. Um, whether or not you're good enough to beat, you know, the best teams in the country that year is, is, is another conversation. But um, I think I think like, top 10 is total defense, right? He just said top 10 D. I don't know. He can mean scoring. He can mean yards per game. He can mean like more. I don't think he means more analytical stuff like points per drive and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, what's actually like, hilarious is that uh, like George's defense last year was nasty, but it gave up more yards um, last year than Wisconsin. Wisconsin's defense last year was also pretty nasty. Wisconsin's defense is nasty most years. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, don't, I think I don't I don't know. I think they can finish top ten. I don't I don't really care if they're top ten. Uh, I care if they're better than fifty ninth, which is what they were last year. And there's a lot of room between top ten and number fifty nine that would leave them good enough to win a national. What is the lowest that you can be in total defense, ranking wise, to win a national title in your mind? Uh, Ohio State. So Ohio State has only been top ten in total defense. Um, four times in the last decade and like that does not include their their national championship year i think they were 14th um and i want to look up quickly as i'm talking to see what lsu was in total defense in 2019 they were 31st oh wow so like i it's like a cliche but like good offense usually wins out like i think that's true um that's an interesting fact i would not have thought it was that that was that low yeah i don't I just don't like you can't be like fundamentally flawed I think in the way that Ohio State has been 3 of the last 4 years to win but like if you're solid or if you're like you're really good like if you're if you're only like a number 25 defense but you get like a tremendous pass rush or you're like you're just really good at generating turnovers like if you have a calling card that that gives you a little bit of an edge on that side I think that's more what you're looking for So like Ohio State's calling card team. could be just hitting the quarterback yeah, right, right. It could be, or or maybe they get like they have not been a, a tremendous takeaway team in the last few years. Uh, maybe maybe they're a little more disruptive than that maybe they just like have a little more havoc plays. Like maybe they're like seventeenth in total defense, but they are pretty high up there in tackles for loss and fumbles force and that kind of stuff. Like, what are you hanging your hat on, basically? Because they've had nothing to hang their hat on the last like the last two years, especially, and then going back to twenty eighteen before Ryan Day was here. So, I think it's more about that than it is putting some kind of obscure ranking on on what the defense should look like. Um, I think it's just simpler to say, like, you can't be as bad as you've been the last two years and expect to win because they've been like terrible. Terrible by their own program standard and terrible, I think, by the standard you'd expect of a team that's, that's trying to win a national championship. So um, I think they can be top ten. I don't think they have to be top ten to, you know, meet the expectations that people have for them every year. But I thought it was an interesting comment by Ryan yeah, yeah. that, he, that, he that he put a number on it. Um, like setting expectations. Well, you never answered the question. I mean, do you think that that's a attainable goal? <laughs> yeah, I, I if the if the sophomores like if JT, Jack, Mike Hall, Tyleek, Denzel Burke, um who am I forgetting? Maybe I don't know. CJ Hicks is not a sophomore, but like if some of these younger guys cuz I'm not Steel Chambers me, like, is the one that I would say. I mean, I don't know if that Steel counts. Cham- yeah, but. if you if you say to me like they're going to do keep doing the thing where like older guys seem to play just because they're older, I would say no shot. Um, if they're going to play the guys who I think are best, yeah, for sure, I think it's attainable. Yeah, 
It's like, is possible that Mike Hall has more stabs than Teron Vincent this year? Yeah. And, like, I know Teron Vincent had a really good Rose Bowl. Well, maybe he's about to become a, a, a real guy. But if he's not, then Mike Hall. God, if he comes a real guy, Ohio State could win a national title. I think it's that simple. I think if JT yeah. Tui Malowau, Teron Vincent, and uh, Jack Sawyer all become who they're supposed to be, and Zach Harrison has his most productive gear, that Ohio State legitimately will win the national title. Yeah, I think I, I, that's been lacking. Like that's that's the that's the. I know they've had kind of holes in different places, but the uh, well, what what thing, what won Georgia the uh, uh, the national title last year? Their terrifying defensive line. I think it's honestly like when you look I mean, at their the whole SEC, defense, like like Nicobe Dean was a. Freak. No, I know they had a lot of freaks, but like Denzel Burke could also be a freak. Yeah, I think you need you need a defensive line who's gonna just control shit. Like I look at the had, defense and I see a lot of players who. Let's play this game real quick. Game show. Welcome Bill Landis of whatever new website he works for um, to the Athletics <laughs> 4 to 6 show. Um, is it possible that this player could be a first-round draft pick one day? Yes or no? JT right. Tuimaloao. Yes. Uh, Teron Vincent. Uh, no. Zach Harrison. Yes. Steel Chambers. No. Denzel Burke. Yes. Um, Michael Hall. Uh, probably not. No. Jack Sawyer. Yes. C.J. Hicks. Yes. Kai Stokes. Mm, I'll say no, but I kind of want to say yes. <laughs> Why would you say no? There, he's young. Because he's yeah. I, uh, I'll say no. I don't think so. High draft pick, not first round pick. Yeah. Um. Okay, maybe the game's over now. But that's five first round <laughs> picks. Right now, Sonny Styles. Sonny Styles is really, really young, so he's not yeah, going to contribute. Gonna play, yeah. I'm just trying to name players on this defense that actually could play their way into being a first round draft pick. It's like if Darren Lee was a first round draft pick and Steel Chambers comes out and plays like that this year, I think when you said no to him, I think it's possible that he could be a first round pick. Like there's a lot of there are a lot of players um, on this team and in this program over the course of the past ten years that went from no to yes to that question real freaking quick. Um, and yeah, at I least high end round, second yeah. round picks, maybe even like, even if you want to like put them into the mid second round, I look at this Ohio state defense with a lot of unproven players that I think have the ability to morph into something special. And this was kind of the theme last year, but a four of those guys out of the seven players that I just named turn out to be awesome in fringe or first round picks then Ohio State's defense can be nasty. And I don't know if that's a coaching thing. Like, And the other thing, too, it's like, can you coach toughness? Does Is there an attitude change? There's all these sorts of things that can happen on Ohio State's defense this year where if they trend in the right direction, and they should when you have a $2 million coordinator, that Ohio State's defense could legitimately be good. Now, I worry about what it might look like in three or four years from now, depending on how they close this class out. Right. But like we're talking about this season right now, and I do think that they have the pieces I mean, how many teams in the conference they play and even have a player nearly as good as JT Tuomaloa on their defense? Like one, maybe. Yeah, a handful. I mean, especially now that Aiden Hutchinson's gone. Like, I mean, I don't even know right. who the second who's the second best player in the Big Ten on defense. Uh, and I don't mean to put you the, on the spot, the, but uh, Jack Jack Campbell, linebacker from Iowa. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Um, maybe I'm just being wishful thinking, Homer Buckeye guy right now. But it was a good balance on the show of of dreadful. Uh, you know, anti Ohio State comments, I guess, and and wishful thinking of what could happen this year if things come together. But like, I never look at Ohio State's roster and go, "There's no way this team can be awesome." They've recruited yeah. too damn well for that not to be the case. So, um, to me, I do think that like I have high expectations. I don't think they're going to win the national title this year. I think Alabama's going to win it, and I, I think fairly easily. 
um, just based on their track record from their coach to having the two best players uh, in the country and also, uh, you know, being in a position right now where they have nine or ten more blue chip players than any other team in the country. Like, that's a pretty mm-hmm. good combo for me. Um, right. But I do think that Ohio State, if they miss the playoff this year, I think it's pandemonium out there. Like, yeah, I, like, it, what, like what's yeah. your take on, like, where people, like, their temperament towards Ryan Day are? And I saw Ryan Donnelly, who is a psychopath, uh, you know, have a meltdown yesterday on Twitter about it. But, like, do you think there are other fans that share that sentiment? Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know if that's the overwhelming sentiment of the fan base, but I'm sure that people feel that way. Like, I, I don't – I think uh, they need to beat Michigan for sure. And if they don't do that and they don't get to the playoff, like, nothing's going to happen. But I, if, if there's any part of a honeymoon that's still happening for Ryan Day, and I don't really think there is – um, that would uh, almost assuredly be over, and it's like, okay, dude, like you need to show us you have the goods. Like here, here, 2023 is your last chance to show us you have the goods. If they if they don't beat Michigan and don't make the playoff this year, yeah. And the fan base is mine, and the fan base is mine. I'm not saying that's the viewpoint of the people who hire and fire people, but yeah, and the fan base is mine. So, not but a I whole think, lot uh, of it. Not a whole lot of encouraging things defensively since they lost big in the national title game two years ago. Um. Well, I. I I think that's true. Like on the on the field, yes, but but I also like I would, I would be, and I think if you're a fan, you should be excited about the, the defensive players they got in the 21 and 22 classes. Now, are the guys in 22 going to be ready to help them this year? Who knows? Maybe one or two will be. Um, but I think like the 20, like JT, Jack, uh, Jordan Hancock, um, who am I forgetting? Mike Hall, Tyleek Williams, Denzel Burke. Like those are what, five, six guys who could, like, be the core of your defense in, as, as sophomores in 2022. So, like, I'd be excited about that. Yeah. Um, you just got to, I don't know, it takes a little bit of, of belief, I guess. But um, I think I, I I think the pieces are there, and they are most years, I guess, for them to have a, a pretty nasty defense this year. Combine that with Jim Knowles, like, who I think is a good coordinator. Mm-hmm. I think I think they'd be pretty good. I, yeah. I certainly think they could be good enough. I certainly think they could be good enough. Like I feel like it's play. It's like they should be a playoff team. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean Notre Dame is tough, and Michigan I think would be decent. And I don't know. That's kind of it. I don't, like I don't. Well, who else? What else scares you on their schedule? Like I don't know. Wisconsin's okay. Wisconsin doesn't scare me. Penn State and a sleepy noon game in Beaver Stadium doesn't scare me. Yeah. Um, if it was at night, I'd think differently, but. I don't know. There's like kind of two games there that I think Ohio are State's going to be favored by 17 and a half in that Penn State game win by 11. That happens every time. That's all right. <laughs> win, win, win's a win, baby. Yeah. Oh. So. Anyway, remember when we said we were going to do a shorter show? Yeah, well. Chemistry, chemistry. You know, you can't. That's right. Chemistry, you can't. Yeah. can't uh, people helping people. People um, helping people. Holy shirts and pants. Yeah. All right, man. All right. Well, uh, this has been a blast, man. <laughs> I'm glad. Are you, are you I'm glad, guys crying? Because I'm crying. I'm glad we could do one more show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I? Uh, I want to. I want to say thank you to John Hayes, our producer, um, for listen, listening to our babbling for however long he's done it, like three years now. Is this your um, Oscar speech? No, well, do it, I just do, wanna, it, do the Oscars. I just want to. I just want to give some some people shout outs who deserve yeah, them. Like do. I don't know what whatever happens with with you know the athletics Ohio State coverage moving forward. Like this is 
the end of this show in this iteration. So I just wanted to thank some people who yeah, helped keep us. Going. That's John Hayes, first and foremost. Mike Zimmerman, who produced a couple episodes for us as well. Um, Mitch Light, your editor of mine. I love Mitch. Uh, he's not really part of the podcast, but he listens. So shout out to Mitch. And his um, dad. Does Mitch's dad listen to 4 to 6? No, he listens to the other show, though, I think. He yeah. wants to take me to lunch next week. That sounds great. Stars Matter is, uh, is excellent, by the way. If you guys don't listen to that, you should listen to Do you like it. it, for real? I do like it. And, yeah, I like it. I'm biased because like the, the two people on the podcast are like two of my like top ten favorite people. So uh, it's, I'm, I guess I'm biased. But it's a, good, it's a good podcast. I think it's entertaining. I think you and Mitch have a good, good, uh, good thing going. Um, um, yeah, keep going. I kind of like well, that's. I think, yeah. Shout out to John Hayes. Shout out to Mitch Light. Shout out to Mike Zimmerman for helping us out the handful of times that he did. And, uh, and I'll thank you as well for uh, oh. for being being a, a good uh, co-host with me. Yeah. Well, I thank you, yeah. Bill. Uh, I think we did a, a lot of good work, and um, I I do think that you know we carved a nice little little piece of the fan base here, and uh, it's really sad to see things that you built die. Um, so <laughs> that, was, that was that was depressing. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, what? Yeah. I'm, I'm upset yeah. about it. So. Uh, is there any last blazing hot food take that you have before we say goodbye to these people? Um, anything? Uh, I'm trying to think what I've eat, what I've had to eat recently. Um, man, no, I feel bad. Yeah, I do too. Oh, I did. Uh, I was on I was on vacation last week, and my uh, my like lifelong favorite pizza place at the Jersey Shore. I think might have gotten supplanted by a new pizza place. <laughs> I'm leaning forward. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice a little bit. Uh, there's a that the, it's the place that my dad delivers pizzas for. <laughs> yeah. It's called it's called it's called Santucci's, and it's like in, in they're in Northeast Philly where I grew up. So like I've had it before, but I haven't had it in forever. And like now that it's available down the shore when I go there, like I think that's my new spot instead of going to Santucci's. So that's pizza your Palace, favorite pizza went. on the face of the earth, or your most sentimental pizza place? Um, probably my favorite. It's not my most sentimental. It's my, but it's just like it's good. It is somewhat sentimental, and it's really good pie. It's like it's it's square cut, like not tavern style, like you get in the Midwest. More like a um, kind of a grandma style, almost grandma style, or like Sicilian, but not quite as thick. And the sauce is like a has like a little like a tinge of sweetness to it. They and put the sauce over the yeah. they put the sauce over the cheese, which is is, is interesting. Um, but yeah, it's great. And uh, I felt bad, like I felt like I was cheating on Sam's Pizza Palace, but. I think uh, I think they might have been supplanted. So yeah, that's a, that's a really important thing. I've been sending you. I sent you a, a pizza uh, on Instagram like at four in the morning when my baby was crying today. I was and wondering why you sent that to me at that time. I was like, why is he awake right now? Yeah, what do you, like, you could like, really oh, yeah. put two and two together, bud. I mean, like, I what, like why oh, yeah, am I awake? Kid. You know that yeah. uh, babies that are less than a year old can have nightmares. I didn't know which that. I find to be kind of funny because it's like, what is it that your brain like? You can't. You're not developed yet. So like, what are you? What's scary to you? Like, what is like? What can you look at as a baby and think, "Wow, that's scary"? Because uh, you're not you're not processing information. Like, if a person walked into a in my, into my house with a machete and a ski mask on, I'd be terrified. But like, if my baby saw it, she'd be like, "What the hell is that?" Like, so, like yeah, yeah I like I don't what, know what yeah. I'm afraid of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, what is it that like? What emotional thing? Because about like, I guess it's like they can get startled or something happens in their dreams. Maybe it's even subconscious where. You know, when they get to 10, 11 months, they, like, just have a rough night every now and then. And that was one of those nights last night. And Britt and I take turns strategically. 
um, where it's like, I've got a big day tomorrow. Can you just like take care of her? And, and like, for the most part, she sleeps through the night now. But like, it's always like a risk of like, when it's your turn, like, it's like, am I going to steal my turn and like get through the night without it? <laughs> and last night was my turn and I was watching television and, you know, at one o'clock in the morning, I, I was sleeping like a, like a baby and, you know, the monitor's next she to you wasn't. on the nightstand. <laughs> You know, you hear the ran, and it's just like you wake up and in a cold sweat, anxiety. You know, I had the nightmare because I heard it, and then it was rare. <laughs> and then it gets like progressively louder and louder and louder until it's a full blown cry. And you know, we were up pretty late last night. So, um, oh, what do I so do? I have, on? So I have that to look forward to. I can't wait. Yeah, I think so. I didn't. Is that out there? Like, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't care. It's ha- it's ha- it's happening. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Well, yeah. Bill's. Uh, Bill's got a lot going on. Let's just leave it at that. You know, uh, yeah. There's going to be another one of me soon. Well, uh, soonish, a few months. Soonish. Landis has got one in the oven, and uh, he is I do. kicking around names, uh, both of which start with A R I. So, uh, we'll, right. can Ari work as a girl's name if it's a girl? It is. Yeah. Because we're, we're one not of the most beautiful women on the face of the planet is named Ariana. Oh yeah, that's true. We're not going to find going. out until until the baby shows up. That's but, bold. Uh, that's bold. That's good. That's good to know that uh, we can just call call it Ari no matter what. Yeah, I, uh, I want, we can talk about this off air, but I'd love to hear the names that are leading the run here. Is it going to be like some some Pittsburgh shit? Like, are we going to like? <laughs> like what, yeah, <laughs> I don't Jerome, know. Like, we're naming our daughter Jerome Bettis. Yeah. <laughs> Hines. <laughs> That's probably a boy name, though. I don't know. I'll, I'll yeah. I'm not. I'm certainly not going to say potential baby names on a podcast, but. Um, I can tell you a couple off air for sure. If you want to shut this down, uh, just keep going because I'm not going to stop. Because when sure. it stops, it becomes a. It, it, so just I'll let you know. Like I'll just change the subject of like, hey, how about that traffic in Columbus? <laughs> All right. Well, let me end the podcast and then you and I can keep talking. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Four to Six with A and B. God I no, tr- I truly, truly mean that. <laughs> oh um, God no. <laughs> this has been so much fun um, hosting this with Ari and, and you guys helping us build this along the way. So I'll say again, thank you so much for that. Are you going to tattoo um, the cover art of the show on your body? Yeah, anymore? yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm yeah. going to get sued. I'm going to get sued by Ohio State after I do it. Um, that is one of the you. bigger upsets that we never got sued by Ohio State. I know. I thought for sure we were. Yeah, for three years. And John Hayes is like, you're an idiot. He was right. <laughs> yeah, he was right. We're idiots. Yeah. yeah. He was right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, again, you know, Ohio State coverage is not disappearing from the athletic, uh, but but I will no longer be there as of Friday, but I'll still be around. And if you care to hear more about it, you'll hear more about it shortly. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Ari. Thanks, Bill. I love you, buddy. Love Good you, luck buddy. with everything. And. Um, thank you to everybody who listened to the show. We're, we're very beat up about it. And I know that you guys probably will be too, but, um, you know, you might have some other options here in the near future. So thanks again. Take care and love to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or or well wishes after the show's over and doing my best to, to get back to everybody. So thanks again. and, And Bill, good luck, man. Yeah. Thanks. We'll talk to you guys soon. No, we won't. (laughs) 